Hey there, and thanks for tuning in to a message from New King Church. We're a church located in South Burlington, Vermont, and our prayer is that this resource would help you find and follow Jesus. If you want to know more about our church and the ministries we have, check us out at newkingchurch.com. We'll be reading from Galatians 2, 19 through 3 through 5. For through the law, I died to the law so that I might live to God. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. In the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not nullify the grace of God, for if righteousness were through the law, then Christ died for no purpose. O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? It was before your eyes that Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified. Let me ask you only this. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by hearing with faith? Are you so foolish? Having begun by the Spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? Did you suffer so many things in vain? If indeed it was in vain, does he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you do so by works of the law or by hearing with faith? This is the word of the Lord. All right, there we go. Sorry about that. Um, but today, we are going to be looking at the topic of faith. Um, and we're going to see how this relates to what we talked about last week. We started a, a new series last week called Unshakable, And we were talking about the difference between being under law and being under grace. And it's very, very different, those two. There are two different ways of living, two different ways of relating to God entirely. And when we see that we've been set free from the law to live under grace, it is empowering. It's incredible. It makes our relationship with God come alive. It, it gives us a right understanding of the gospel and what the gospel has really done for us. And today... We're going to be continuing that line of thinking. Last week, we, we talked about how rather than the old way of the written code, um, we now serve God in the new way of the Spirit. That's Romans 7, 6. And so today, what we're going to be looking at and thinking about is how do we serve in this new way of the Spirit? Now that we are under grace, how then shall we live? And the answer to that, just to kind of give away the whole sermon, is we live by faith. But we're going to talk about how we do that as well. So pray with me, and we will jump right in. Father, thank you so much for um, your word. Thank you so much for your church, for the songs uh, that we've just sung together, um, that we, really, uh, we can really say, it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives within me. Lord, would you help us to grasp that today? By your spirit working, would you teach us 
Would you guard us from the enemy and his schemes to distract and to accuse and to disrupt, Lord? And would you, would you do your work in this place? We trust that you will. We thank you that you will. In Jesus' name, amen. So, we began our reading in Galatians 2.19. And in Galatians 2.19, here's what it says. For through the law, I died to the law so that I might live to God. I died to the law so that I might live to God. So what we can learn from this is that while we are now living under grace, that does not mean that we go and just do whatever we want. Paul doesn't say, I died to the law so that I might do whatever I want. (laughs) He doesn't say, I died to the law so that now I have the freedom to sin in all the ways I always wanted to sin. Right? And that's that's also what Paul addresses in the book of Romans, if you're familiar with Romans. In Romans chapter 5, after he explains that righteousness comes through faith, which is this incredible idea for someone who's Jewish, growing up in uh, the Jewish faith, the idea that righteousness could come by faith, even though that was always what the Scriptures said, that Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. And yet, as after, he, after he lays this out, Paul goes into Romans 6 by saying, what shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so, so that grace may abound? By no means. That's not at all what living under grace means. It doesn't mean that we are free now to just go and do whatever we want. We are, we are dead to the law so that we can live to God. There's so much wrapped up in that little phrase, so that we can live to God. I mean, it's it's, think about this, when God created Adam and Eve in the garden, they had this intimate relationship with the God who created them. They walked with him in the garden. That's what it is to live to God, to be alive in your spirit and to be able to fellowship with him who is spirit. That's what it is. It's to, it's to live in closeness and union with God. That's what Paul's saying. He's saying, I died to the law so I can do that. So I can live to God. So I can have real life. And then we get into the verse that maybe you've heard many times. I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. We're going to talk about that a good bit today. So... If we are now free to live to God, how do we do that? How do we do that? Well, what Paul is teaching and what we're going to see today is that just as we were saved by grace through faith, so that it was not of works, so that it was not of our own doing, so that it was not by our own might, so that it was not by our own merit, so are we sanctified by grace through faith so that it is still not by our might, so that it is still not by our works or by our merit. We 
continue to grow and we continue to live this Christian life by grace through faith. It is not by our own works. And so, the Paul, so what Paul, the way that Paul asks this question is in chapter 3 of Galatians and verse 3, having begun by the Spirit, are we now being perfected by the flesh? That's what he's asking. He's saying, you, you started all of this by the Spirit. And just before that, he says, did you receive the Spirit by works of the law or by hearing with faith? Well, the answer to that is by hearing with faith. You received the Spirit. You were born again. You were, you were made a new creation simply by hearing and believing. And so he says, so now having begun that way, do you take it from here? That's the question that he's asking. Now, now we've begun by the Spirit through faith. Do we just take it from here? And if you've been around the church for some time, you might know that the answer to that is no. But don't we often forget and live as if we are to take it from here? Yeah, we do. We, we forget that it is still, it is still by grace, through faith. Until our last breath, it will always be and only be by grace, through faith, that we can live the Christian life. So, we serve in this new way of the Spirit, not in the old way of the written code. That's where we ended last week, and that's what this is all about. Living by grace through faith is another way of saying we live by the Spirit empowering us. And so you might be making connections in your mind. We walk by the Spirit, right? And so it's by the Spirit that we do all that we do. And so this is my first point to um, just reiterate and make sure that it's really clear. The life of the Christian begins with faith and is lived day by day through faith in Jesus. So when we say it is by grace, we are also saying it is by the Spirit. Hebrews 10.26 actually calls the Holy Spirit the Spirit of grace. And so we're saying the same thing when we say by grace or when we say by the Spirit. Faith is the thing that accesses grace. Look at what he says in verse 5. Does he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you do so by works of the law or by hearing with faith? It's a rhetorical question, right? He does so by hearing with faith. He supplies the Spirit to you. He works miracles among you when you believe. When you believe, faith is the opening of the door to grace. Faith is, I love the picture of a power cord, and I've used it often, sorry, but it is like a power cord. A power cord has no power in and of itself, but you plug it into a power source, and you can suddenly get electricity to something that needs it, right? And faith is just like that cord, 
It doesn't have power all by itself the way that some would have you believe, right? Some, would, some out there would, would say that it's just faith in and of itself that has power. You can just believe in whatever you want and it will, and it will give you power. That's false. No, it's like, a, it's like an extension cord. It must be plugged into the right source, God himself, in order for his power to flow, or His grace to flow, or His Spirit to flow. We're saying the same things when we use these words. The Spirit of grace is supplied in every single instance by faith. And and this is the point that I think we maybe need to hear. Maybe this isn't new to you, but maybe what we need to hear is it's always only faith. There are not alternative ways for you to be supplied with His power, with His Spirit. It's not that sometimes it's by faith, other times it's by your your determined effort. Sometimes it's by faith, other times it's by your willpower. Sometimes it's by faith, other times it's by your consistency. No. Grace and power and the Spirit who works miracles among us is always only supplied by faith. Always and only by faith. And that's why it says in Hebrews 11.6 that without faith, it is impossible to please Him. It means there are no other ways. There's only one way. And that is by faith. And so your good deeds, no matter how good they appear, will not be approved by God unless they come about through faith. In the end, all of our good deeds that were not done by faith will be burned up. And only those good deeds that were done by faith will last so what, what is that about? Well, that brings me to my second point. What we're saying when we say that only the works that are done by faith will last is we are saying that only the works done by Jesus Christ himself will stand the test at the end. And that is what Paul is saying in this very famous verse in Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. What what Paul is saying is that his union, his connection with Christ is actually Christ doing the work through him. In another place, the Bible says he must give us the will even to do his good pleasure. He gives us the will to do it and the power to do it, the energy to do it. This has been called the exchanged life by some, that we have died and then Christ replaces us and begins to live his life through us. Another way that this has been talked about is through 
a judicial union with Christ and then a vital union with Christ. Let me explain because I think this will really help us to think about this. Our judicial union with, with Jesus is largely what we talked about last week. Think courtroom when you think judicial. Think legal standing. So, your union with Christ, the fact that when God looks at you, He sees you through Jesus. That's what we talked about last week. That is your judicial union with Christ. It means in the courtroom of heaven, God looks at you and declares you not guilty. And more than that, He looks at you and declares you righteous because you're in Christ. You're united to Christ. You're credited with His death on the cross. That's what Paul's saying. I was crucified with Christ. And because you were credited with His death on the cross, you're dead to the law. Because you were crucified with Him on the cross, you're dead to sin. Your old nature died. And so you are forgiven. You are free. And God legally declares you righteous. That's your judicial union. But our union with Christ goes beyond a judicial union. It is also a vital union. When you hear vital, think living. It is a living, real, ongoing union with Christ. This is what it talks about in Romans 6.4. So in Romans 6.4, he says, We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death. That's your judicial union. You're justified. In order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. Christ is offering us an ongoing life, newness of life. This is our vital union. You are really connected to Christ. And if you've ever read John 15, this is what Jesus is talking about when he says that he is the vine and we're the branches. And that apart from him, we can do nothing. And so he says, you've got to stay connected to me so that you can bear fruit. Now think about that picture. It's perfect. A branch has no power, no ability in itself to bear any fruit. You cut a branch off, it just dies. But a branch that's connected into the vine bears fruit. How? The life of that vine flows into the branch, through the branch, and the branch bears fruit. This is the picture here. This is our vital union. So when Paul says, it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me, he's not making an illustration. He's talking about a reality. Christ really lives in him. And guess what that means, believer? He really lives in you. Yeah. You know, we struggle with this because We don't always live out of this reality, right? We see that our life doesn't always match up with this. But it is true for us. 
And the way of the Christian life is that it takes time. This is sanctification. It takes time. We learn to allow his life to be lived through us more and more as we follow Jesus. So Paul is saying, Jesus really is in me. He is animating my life. He is speaking through my words. He is the one that's planted these churches among the Gentiles. He is the one that's encouraged the churches through the epistles. He is the one who has sustained me in joy in prison. Christ in him is how Paul was so unshakable. And Christ in you is how you too can be unshakable no matter what you face in this life. We, our job is to stay connected to Him, to grab a hold of Him. This is why our first value here at New King is Jesus. So this is what we mean. We have got to stay vitally connected to Him so that He can simply bear His fruit through us. Your life was meant to bear fruit. Your life was meant to bear fruit, and every person's life is meant to bear different fruit all to the glory of God. And so, believer, your one thing necessary is to sit at his feet, to be connected to his life so that he can bear fruit through you. Now, that brings us to this question, but, but how do we stay connected to his life? And that, and that brings us right back full circle to this idea that we must live by faith. That's what Paul says. Listen to Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. This is how you stay connected to Christ And to let his life flow through you, it is by faith that this happens. Living under grace is so much more than just your position. It is a way of life by the Spirit, and you do this by faith. The life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith. Faith being your conduit to his power always through you. And this makes perfect sense. It lines up with all of the New Testament. It lines up with everything that the Scriptures say. The Bible tells us, how is it that we are to walk? By faith. 2 Corinthians 5, 7. What is absolutely necessary to please God? Faith. Hebrews eleven six. What was it that Jesus was searching for everywhere He went on the earth? Faith, according to Luke 18.8. What made Jesus marvel at the centurion? His faith, Matthew 8.10. What invites Christ's presence into our lives? Faith, according to Ephesians 3.17. For whom are all things possible? To the one who believes, Mark 9.23. And what did Jesus frequently rebuke the disciples for their unbelief. And what stopped Jesus from doing mighty works in his own hometown? 
their unbelief. This is the testimony of the Scriptures. Faith is the most precious thing you have, believer. You must fight for it. We talked about in our community group this past week how we don't take discouragement seriously enough. We just we, we flippantly say, oh, I'm just kind of discouraged. We don't realize that is the work of the enemy in our lives. The enemy wants to rob you of your faith, believer. Your faith is your connection to the life of Christ, to flow through you, to do His work through you. We live by grace through faith. We're sanctified by grace through faith. So, He supplies the Spirit to you. He works miracles among you when you have faith. But how do we have faith? How can we have more faith? I guess that's the way I should say it. How can we have more faith? I want to give you three things that you can do, that you should do, that you must do. The first thing is pretty simple. All of these are actually pretty simple. The first thing is this, because Jesus died for you, because he loved you and gave himself up for you, he has united himself to you and he promises to be with you always, even to the end of the age. Matthew 8.20, he gives us this promise, behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So here's the first thing that I think is vital to you walking by faith, living your life moment by moment by faith, is I think you need to live with a continual awareness that Christ is with you. He's with you. He's never left you, and He never will. Whether you feel like He's with you or not, if you are in Christ, He is always with you. And this is important for so many reasons, but among them, it is impossible to have a relationship with someone that you don't spend time with, that you don't do life with. And God actually wants you to live your whole life with Him. That's exciting to me. God doesn't just want robots. He wants friends. Did you know that? He wants friends. Did you know He called Abraham His friend, the first one to live by faith? Well, he's not the first one, but the one that we say was lived by faith, and it was counted to him as righteousness. He was a friend of God, and God wants friends. So whether you're doing the dishes or cleaning the house or going to work or talking to a neighbor or parenting your children or whatever you're doing, you can do it with God. And that is the first step, I believe, to living by faith. You must believe that he exists, and he exists with you. He is with you wherever you are. When he appointed the 12, whom he named apostles in Mark 3.14, he appointed them not just to send them out, not just so they could be workers. It says first, he appointed them so that they might be with him and that he might send them out. So beginning the beginning of living by faith is knowing that God is not far off. He is right here. 
He is not some distant deity. He is right here with you. So do you live with an awareness of God's presence with you? Whatever you're doing, are you listening for Him to speak, to, to remind you of His Word? Are you looking for Him at work around you? The second thing that would help us to live by faith, and this is a, connected to the first one, is that we need to pray about everything. And I believe if you do the first one, you will begin to do the second one. Without doing the first one, it's going to be really hard to do the second one. But Paul teaches that we should pray without ceasing. And he says the key, the thing that kind of wraps up everything else that he says about spiritual warfare in Ephesians 6 is that we should pray at all times in the Spirit. So we need to be praying continually. We need to be praying at all times in the Spirit. The Bible says you have not because you ask not. And so we should be asking all the time. We should be asking him to help us to do the dishes, help us at work, help us to drop the kids off, help us to have a good conversation with that friend, to build them up or to share Christ with them. We should be always bringing God into what we're doing. And here's what it proves when we don't pray. It proves that we think we've got it. It shows that we think we're just fine on our own. That is to live in the old way of the written code. You've got this. You can do it. Just work hard. No. To live by the new way of the Spirit under grace is to recognize your continual need, your continual dependence. So, if you're a doctor, when you're when you're with a patient, are you thinking, God, I need you. I can't figure this out on my own. Or if you're an engineer and you're trying to work on a project, are you thinking, I don't have this figured out. I need God to give me wisdom. Or if you're an employer and you're, and you're trying to deal with a problem with your employees, are you thinking, God, if I try to do this on my own, I'm going to mess this up. But if you help me, this is going to work out. Would you, would you help me to have grace? Would you help me to have wisdom? Or if you're a parent and you're trying to figure out how to deal with something with your kids, do you stop and think, God, you've got the answer to this. You're all-knowing. I need you right now. To walk by faith is to pray at all times. Right in the middle of Jesus talking about abiding in the vine, he says, if my, words abide in, if my words remain in you and you remain in me, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. So right in the middle of abiding and bearing fruit, Jesus says, you got to be asking. You're not going to bear fruit unless you ask. And then he says, for this reason, I've chosen you and appointed you that you should bear fruit and that your fruit should abide or remain. I think what he's talking about there is your fruit won't get burned up at the end because the things that the good deeds that you do in your life will be me working through you. Third thing that we can do 
to live by faith that we must do is we must believe the promises God gives us in his word. Another way of saying that would be that we have got to let the word of Christ dwell in us richly. Um, this morning I was seeing how in uh, Romans fifteen four, it says this, for whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction. He's talking about the Old Testament. It was written for our instruction that through endurance and through the encouragement of the Scriptures, we might have hope. Paul is saying the key to you having hope is the Scriptures. The Scriptures give you endurance and encouragement. So let the Word fill you. Believe the promises of the Word. This is how you walk by faith. Did you know that even the power to stop sinning comes by faith? Romans 6.11 tells us, Consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. You've got to believe it. The old King James said, Reckon yourself, I believe. Reckon yourself dead to sin. Consider it as true. So you kill sin by faith, by believing a promise. I'm dead to sin. I was crucified with Christ. How do we, how do we defeat fear in our lives? We stand on a promise like Isaiah 41.10 that says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. How do we overcome anxiety in our lives? We take hold of a promise like Isaiah 26.3. You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. What do we do when we need direction? We don't know what we should choose, which job we should take, or how we should handle this thing at work, or how we should deal with this thing with our children, or whatever it is, what do we do? We rest upon Psalm 32.8, where God says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. What do we do when we're feeling weak? We grab a hold of the promise of 2 Corinthians 12, 9, that says, My grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in your weakness. What do we do when we're going through a trial? We rejoice in the promise of James 1, 2 through 3, that says, Consider it pure joy, brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Or the promise of Isaiah 43, 2, that says, When you pass through the waters, I will be with you, and through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you. When we believe the promises, His grace flows into our situation. His grace flows into our life. His very life flows into us. When we believe the promises, I believe that in part, that's exactly what Romans 8, 5 is talking about when it says, for those who live according to the flesh, 
set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. When we set our mind on the things of the Spirit, what are the things of the Spirit? The Word. The Word of God tells us the things of the Spirit. What's on His mind? And so we can look to the Word to find the things of the Spirit, the promises that we can grab hold of when we need them. So that's what we can do in order to live by faith. We can live with a continual awareness that God is with us. We can pray about everything. We can believe the promises that are given to us in His Word, which means we need the Word dwelling in us richly. We need to stay in the Word. I'm running out of time, but I want to give us just briefly four things that living by faith is going to feel like. I'm not going to to drag these out. But I think that this is a little bit, this is helpful, I think. This is what living by faith feels like. So you can recognize it, and so you won't be surprised by it. Number one, I think living by faith will feel like going at a pace that someone else determines. And I take that from several places in Scripture. But the, the Scriptures talk often about waiting on God. Psalm 37, 7, Hosea 12, 6. It talks about waiting on God. You need to wait to hear His instruction. And most of the time, walking by faith will feel like waiting, <laughs> It will feel like going at a pace slower than you want to go. And our temptation, and it has been all through the Scriptures, is to run ahead of God. I've got a plan. I'll work this out. And then we get, we get ahead and we go, God? What? <laughs> However, there are times when, going by, when walking by faith will feel like going faster than you want to go. I think Moses experienced both of these extremes because when Moses was young, he got ahead of God. If anybody knows the story, he, got, he, he ended up killing a, an Egyptian. He tried to take things into his own hands. And then when he was old, I think he was going at a pace faster than he wanted to go when God told him, go to Pharaoh and speak to him for me. And he said, who am I? I can't, I can't talk good. Sometimes it's going to feel like going faster than we want to go. I think probably the disciples felt like this when Jesus sent them out to the towns ahead of him and said, go, preach the kingdom. And they probably thought, we're brand new. (laughs) We just started. What are you talking about? The second thing that I think living by faith will feel like is it won't always feel like it makes sense. It won't always feel like it makes sense. Now, I could point to a hundred different stories for this one. But think about, think about the story of Jesus feeding the crowds, 4,000 to 5,000. Did, did it make sense? Did it feel logical to those disciples when Jesus said, you guys feed them? And they, they thought, we don't have the food to feed them. And he said, well, there's a, there's a boy with his lunch. Why don't you take that lunch and feed these 5,000 people? No, that didn't at all make sense to them. It didn't at all feel logical to them. Or think about when God came to Abraham and said, I want you, Abraham, to sacrifice your son, your only son whom you love. You're the son of promise, the one that, that I've said that I would give you. 
You think that felt logical to him? Absolutely not. Or do you think for Naaman, when Naaman was told, you'll be cured of your leprosy if you'll just wash in the river seven times. Not once, seven times. It'll be on the seventh time that you're cured. That didn't feel logical to him. And yet, he did it. So, it won't always feel logical. The third thing is, living by faith will feel risky. Many times, living by faith will feel risky. Think about Peter being called out onto the water in the middle of a storm. Think about Moses being called to go to Pharaoh to demand that Pharaoh let his people go. Think about Jesus telling his disciples, I'm sending you out as sheep among wolves. Living by faith will often feel risky. And then finally, living by faith most days will feel like contentment. Maybe that's not what you're expecting. But living by faith most days will feel like peace. This is what Paul says. He says, he found the secret to having much and to having little. In whatever situation he was in, he could live with contentment. Why? Because he could do all things through Christ who strengthened him. Listen, if you are living by faith, you are by faith connected to the life of Christ, and his life is flowing through you, most days what you're going to feel is content. You're going to feel peace. And I don't know about you, but in the days in which we live, that sounds pretty good to me. 1 Timothy 6, 6 says, There is great gain in godliness with contentment. So let me wrap this up. And let me ask you this one more time. Having begun in the Spirit, believer, are you now being perfected in the flesh? He started all of this. Have you said, I've got it from here? Or are there some days where you're saying, I've got this one? I'll let you know if I run into any problems. Walking by faith is moment by moment. Living under grace affects every minute of our lives. We were set free from the law in order to live to God, in order to be restored back to the original purpose of humanity to live in fellowship with the real God who will empower your life and bear fruit through your life and do mighty works through your life. He wants to lead you. He wants to speak through you. He wants to energize your life. All we have to do is live by faith in the Son of God who loved us and gave himself for us. As we close, I just want to ask, have you put your faith in Jesus? Have you ever put your trust in him? You can do that today. You can believe and be saved. You can, you can move from being under the law to under grace if you will believe in Jesus, if you will trust him. And if you have trusted him and if you have believed, then let's keep believing. Let's keep trusting. Let's keep depending on him. Pray with me.
Lord Jesus, you have made it abundantly clear. Apart from you, we can do nothing. That includes today. That includes over these next few minutes and next hours. We can do nothing of any value apart from you. And so, Lord, would you help us to learn to live by faith in you, to trust you, to believe your promises. Lord, would you help us to move away from independence and to be dependent upon you? Would you help us to pray constantly, to be aware of your presence all through the day? God, would you help us not to be afraid? When you call us out, when you ask us to do things that feel risky, or when you want us to do something that feels faster than we want to go, or you ask us to wait, Lord, give us the grace that we need to walk by faith and not by sight so that you can live your life through us. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.